Welcome to Season 3 of the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. We start off 2022 on a serious and important note as we address veteran suicide. Numbers are quoted, 22, 20, 19 a day, but numbers aren't the focus of this four-part series because even one veteran suicide is too many. This week, our host and guest explore solutions, tools that have helped them keep one veteran or many from taking their own life. American Legion members, posts, and service officers are heroes on this front. Please share these episodes, these success stories with veterans and families, especially those who may be at risk. This is a special series of the Tango Alpha Lima podcast. This is the final episode of our special podcast series on veteran suicide prevention awareness, and we'll close it out with our special guest, Virginia Cruz. Virginia is with Military Counseling Center in San Antonio, Texas. She is a licensed professional and nationally certified counselor specializing in military issues and combat-related trauma. She is a certified clinician dealing in cognitive processing therapy and prolonged exposure therapy and provides crisis intervention and evidence-based treatments for post-traumatic stress disorder, moral injury, depression, combat operational stress, and other diagnoses. Virginia has more than 20 years of experience servicing active duty military, veterans, military retirees, and family members. She's a certified group psychotherapist and an active American group psychotherapy association member. Outside of her work with military counseling, Virginia is an Army Reserve officer, combat veteran, published researcher, and author of The Soldier's Guide to PTSD, A No Shit Guide to Reclaiming Your Life. Virginia is a lifetime member of Post 145 in Bristol, Tennessee. The same post her father joined after his military service. We will be right back with Virginia after this break. Are squirrels nesting in the backseat of your old car? Is the trade-in value less than the cost of towing it away? The American Legion Vehicle Donation Program is your solution. Tax-deductible auto donations not only get rid of that old clunker, they help American Legion programs and services. Learn more today by visiting legion.careasy.org or call 844-4LEGION. That's 844-453-4466. We are back here with Virginia Cruz. Virginia, welcome to Tango Ethelima. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I'm excited to be with you. I, I'm excited to have you, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to wait because first up is Ashley with the first question. All righty. So, Virginia, welcome to Tango Alpha Lima podcast. Hey, I hi. wanted to. <laughs> What's that? Hello. 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 <laughs> so you're super high speed, Virginia. I just want to just want to let you know that I'm just going to start there. And you have done a whole heck of a lot. You're a licensed professional and nationally certified counselor. You specialize in military issues, combat related trauma. You have an incredible story and we want to hear about your story today. So why don't you get us started with telling us how you got into the current space in which you're operating now and helping veterans? Oh, thank you so much, both of you for having me on. And thank you for the great question, Ashley. So I never intended on growing up and becoming a trauma counselor, and hopefully nobody does. Um, but after my third deployment to Iraq, uh, I wasn't okay. And in 2008, uh, I was living overseas at the time and I got command directed to go to psychiatry. 
uh, after an outburst that I'd had at work and uh, got command directed to go. And I had the chance to talk to a, a military psychiatrist. So this was an active duty colonel who was working uh, as a psychiatrist. And he was what we call a slick sleeve, meaning that he hadn't deployed before. But I was so excited to talk with somebody because I knew that something was really wrong. I didn't know what was wrong, Ashley, but I knew that I was not okay. I was drinking constantly. Um, I was hearing and seeing things that I ostensibly knew wasn't there. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I was blowing up my perfectly good relationships and pretty much blowing up my life. Uh, so when I went to go see the psychiatrist, I was really excited and scared and just hopeful and uh, poured my heart out for the better part of an hour. And at the end of that hour, he said to me, you know, Virginia, I can tell you're really struggling right now and I want to help you, but I can't if you can't be honest with me. I was super confused by that. And he said, you know, we all know that women don't serve in combat. Oh, oh, no. Um, tactical pause. Yeah. Mm, okay. Got it. Okay. So this, yeah, this was mm. 2008, you know, I mean, I'm an Arabic speaker and I'd served as an interrogator with a panoply of tactical units. And, you know, I wish I could say this was a one-off, um, but in thousands, I've, you know, I've had the privilege of talking with literally thousands of service members and veterans by now. And I understand that unfortunately, this happens a lot, and this especially happens to women. It happens to persons of color and folks who identify as a member of the queer community. And so, you know, not being believed is tough. But what really shocked me was the, the unexpected second and third order effect. So rather than getting the help that I needed, I was labeled with a personality disorder, which was very hard to shake. And I went from a point where I was already feeling suicidal, where I was already feeling frightened. And it, it was the kick while I was down. And at that point, I realized, Ashley, that if I don't figure this out, this is literally going to kill me, whatever this is. Either I'm going to kill myself by my own hand or whatever is going on is going to kill me. And so I did really the only thing I knew I knew how to do well, and that was go back to school. So I started graduate work, and 14 years later, here I am talking to you. Um, one of my first jobs after I got licensed was I had the chance to teach uh, active duty service members in an inpatient hospital about PTSD and what we call co-occurring disorders. So PTSD is one of those disorders that always comes to the party with friends. And so the five friends that it usually shows up with are drug and alcohol use disorders, anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder known as OCD, and eating disorders, especially males, especially in the special warfare community. So I was really teaching. And I had this really lovely, very, uh, very academic um, curricula to teach. And it talked about the amygdala and the frontal lobes and all of my students were going to sleep. And I thought back to myself, you know, what was it that I needed when I was at my worst? What is it that I really needed to know? And I put a lot of thought into that. I used to have a, an NCO who used to ask me all the time, hey, are you picking up what I'm putting down? And I love that expression 
because what is the idea you know why are we sharing anything if if we're just talking over people's head we're not sharing it in a way that really matters and what i needed to know before i went in and talked with that colonel was what is going on with me what is this what is ptsd what is it not you know what are some of the things i've heard that are maybe messing up my my point of view what is this uh, am I going crazy? I really needed to answer that question. Is this normal or am I batshit? I needed to know what, what are the courses of action? If I can identify this, what do I do about it? How do I get the support? How do I get support from my unit? How do I get support from my family members, the people who love me? How do I get support from people who really don't love me or really care that I breathe? Like maybe my HR department or a boss or a colleague who really doesn't care that I'm around. So how do I get that buy-in? Then moreover, once I have the treatment and I'm back on even ground, how do I maintain that? So how do I keep from having a relapse? Because we think about relapse in terms of drugs or alcohol, but what we know is that relapse, unfortunately, it's what's physical and mental. We can have relapse with anxiety or depression or PTSD. That just means that we go back to a time where, um, where it feels like we've slipped, but we actually haven't. The good news is relapse, we expect it um, with PTSD. And we're seeing a lot of that right now because you know we had the Afghanistan withdrawal in August. So we're seeing a lot of folks coming back into 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 um, therapy again uh, for maybe one or two sessions just just to get back on track and then I needed to know you know how am I going to maintain this support throughout the long haul so how do I get my social support how do I make friends if I'm not in the military and I can't just turn to my fire team and ask them what to do and so what I did is I developed my own curriculum started teaching it and my students stayed on my back and uh, they stayed on me and eventually I wrote everything down and I wrote them a book and it is my love letter to them. It's called The Soldier's Guide to PTSD and it's subtitled A No Shit Way to Reclaim Your Life. And the reason why I wrote this is because PTSD is not high math. This is not rocket surgery. This is, it, PTSD is an extremely natural reaction to a very abnormal set of circumstances. And here's what I know. Soldiers are smart. Service members are smart. We can teach an 18-year-old how to how to fix, you know, a perfectly good airplane and uh, and jump out of one. We can certainly teach how you know what PTSD is and how to recover from this. It is very it is a very very logical um, progression. It's a very logical mental health disorder, and we can absolutely help that. And so my book really is, a, it's a soldier to soldier guide. So it's, it's, not, it's not written, everything we have right now is kind of written for clinicians, well, by clinicians for clinicians. And it has a lot of psychobabble bull that really only other clinicians use. People don't really use this. And as a result, when we go to Google, you know, Dr. Google, or sometimes when we go to a therapist who isn't used to working with service members, you know, we can feel like we're being talked at. We can feel like, you know, the info is just too much. And so this is a soldier to soldier guide. So this is from me to you, from one soldier to another soldier, because 
honest to God, Ashley, if I had had this book 15 years ago, it would have saved me years of bullshit. I I wish I had that book in 2011 because it would have saved me a lot of bullshit. Because I I empathize I emphasize I I I am picking up what you're putting down, Virginia. Uh, I think it's great that you've created a guide that really does reduce some of that psychobabble stuff. I've I've sat in front of a therapist. I've had similar and likeness conversations. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And you feel disconnected when you're there for this this moment of realization that like, yeah, I'm that first step. It's kind of like, uh, the, what's the equation, uh, uh, the equative phrase, like, you know, sometimes they say like the hardest part about getting to the gym is getting to the gym. It's like the hardest part sometimes about like seeking treatment for your mental health is like getting an appointment and, or being able to get comfortable with that provider and then stuff like that happens. And it's not always the case, but what you've done is provided a deep dive into the layers that allows the service member to both be empowered and give them again this this step-by-step guide to say like no like you know you are having a normal reaction to abnormal circumstances and that in itself is an incredibly powerful message so kudos to this in crazy crazy trajectory that you've been put on because you have now blessed us with your presence and this book and all of the amazing people that you've been able to help in in this in this this time frame so i'm a firm believer that you know unfortunately in weird ways like everything happens for a reason and sometimes we find our purpose in the most unexpected ways i appreciate you saying that you know, as as we're recording this right now, we're, we're in the holiday season. And, um, you know, I was just talking with a colleague just this morning and um, they were complaining that that a particular client is being very difficult. And um, I didn't lose my shit, but I kind of I kind of got a little I said, you know, nobody's coming to see us because they're having a great day. Nobody is calling my office because they just want to chat. They're just like, oh yeah, I just want to be my best self. You know, I want to have my aha moment. No, people are, you're right. The hardest part of getting to the gym is getting into the gym. It takes so much courage to make that phone call. And, you know, I think it's so important to stop for the one, to stop for that one person who is struggling. You know, I, I don't have any illusions, Ash. I mean, I can't change the world. I'm not going to change everybody's ideas about PTSD. You know, that's nobody, nobody becomes a counselor for the money or the fame, but I can stop for that one person and I can talk with them and say, you know what, I am glad you are here and I am here to help and I want to help. And, you know, sometimes just being with somebody in that uncomfortable moment, just being with them, that's, that's powerful and it's important because nobody Nobody teaches us these things. Nobody trains us how to be raped or how to hold your battle buddy when they're dying. Or, you know, what do you do when your leg is blown off? You know, how are you supposed to come home and just deal with that? Or, you know, how are you supposed to react to the widow at the redeployment ceremony? Nobody teaches you that. Nobody talks about it. And we need to talk about this. And so, you know, I'm a therapist, so you know, I don't believe in stigma, just kind of writ large. I'm a little militant about it, um, about not believing in stigma, that is. And, you know, if it's uncomfortable, here's the thing. If we're already in the ocean over our head, does it really matter how much deeper we go into the water? 
I mean, if we can't talk about suicide, if we can't talk about suicidal thoughts and how we use this to cope, if we can't talk about drug and alcohol abuse, because drugs and alcohol, they work. We need to get real about that. People wouldn't use drugs or alcohol if they didn't work. Problem is they work until they don't, and then they gotcha. You know, if we can't talk about blowing up our perfectly good relationships, sexual dysfunction, um, losing contact with our battle buddies, not knowing what to say, the elephant in the room, if we can't talk about that here, if we can't talk about that in our American Legion meeting, where on earth are we going to talk about that? And so what a, what a privilege to be able to bring this to talk with you and Jeff. And you guys are very passionate about this and to, and to share this message, you know, with other veterans and, and with other Legion chapters across the nation. It's, this is the conversation we need to be having. I, I just value you. I value both of you so much. Well, we definitely appreciate you, Virginia. And I agree. Like it's about being comfortable, being uncomfortable and having those hard conversations. And, you know, I know that we've tackled some here on the, on the podcast in previous seasons. So, you know, we, we appreciate you. We know what you're trying to do. So I'll, uh, I'll toss it over to Jeff. Thanks. Well, first of all, that's the longest I've ever been silent ever. Uh, and so I, I would start up, I, I feel like a lot of pressure to, to say something valuable. Um, the first thing I want to do is I want to thank you for surviving what you went through to get here. Um, surviving Dr. Slick Sleeve, surviving the things that took you to that person and culminating all that into the book. My my question was going to be about the book, and I, I crossed that off. I actually crossed off three things that my, my two backup questions are crossed off. So I'm improvising a little bit here. But going, going back to the book for a moment, uh, because it is, it is a guide, as you say, for people who don't want to read clinician talk. Um, as people who know me will know, I, I hate nomenclature, and then I just use that word. Um, I don't like industry specific language. Ashley knows I pick on her every time she says uh, perspective. Perspective. And, and what's the other standpoint? one? Standpoint. Standpoint. And then yep. he tells me, Ashley, why are you talking business all the time? And I'm like, this is the way I talk. He goes, I'm yep. going to need you to shut that down. I'm yep. going to need Just, you to stop. You're talking <laughs> to a human being. And then she said, human being 101. That was her response to me yeah. saying, <laughs> I'm not. I'm just so, who I am. Okay. okay. All right. All right. <laughs> just love on. me and accept me because I value and love and accept you. Well, see, then she'll say something like that and then you can't be mad. So when you're, when you're talking about this book, I would, I want to hear more about what I'm going to get when I receive my autographed copy that I haven't asked for yet. And I'm just in assumption mode. And then I want to know, is this something that professionals should be reading as well? So thank you, thank you for using the word surviving. Um, I'm really kind of against that word victim, you know, victim of, you know, sexual assault or victim of PTSD or victim of anything. I, I love the term surviving because that's that's what we're all doing here. You know, every single one of us doing the absolute best we can to scrape by every day. And when it comes to mental health, you know, and I, I have this in the book, but I. I would be remiss not to say it here. You know, when we survive it, 
we get to define it. Nobody has the right to, to define my journey for me or your journey for you. This is not a team sport. When we survive it, we get to define our experience and what we take forward going on. So, so thank you for saying that. The book really is a step-by-step a -step guide on what is PTSD, what's it not? So we go through the diagnostic criteria, um, which is super important. And um, so your, your listeners and your watchers can, can go to thesoldiersguide.com and download a free preview copy of the book. Um, and because if there's one thing that I would want every veteran to have, especially before you go for your CMP exam, I would want you to have the first two chapters of the book. And we talk about what PTSD isn't because there are a lot of rumors that are not true, but absolutely will mess with your head and stop people from getting help before they even get started. So things like there's no cure for PTSD or PTSD is really for P only for people who have quote unquote earned it. Um, or, you know, maybe it's only for combat veterans and within combat veterans it's only for door knockers, bell ringers, special warfare units. Um, and that's just not the case. And so in the diagnostic criteria, this is so important that we as veterans know our diagnosis better than anybody. And I know that seems counterintuitive because everyone you know, every time we talk to a mental health professional, they should know what they're talking. Well, let's stop shooting all over ourselves because that's not a thing. So we need to go in and really know our mental health diagnosis better than anyone. And that is so that we can truly advocate and get the help that we deserve to have a comeback. So we talk about the criteria for PTSD. And in the book, we talk about a clinician to English translation. So, you know, we, we describe, you know, what these re-experiencing, uh, you know, the, the re-experiencing, the avoidance, um, you know, what is a flashback? What, you know, what, you know, what are these, uh, you know, nightmares? What, what's a dissociative episode? What do all of these things mean? So we break it down. And moreover, our, our goal in writing the book is that once we define it, once we know what it is, there are there's a very linear approach to getting help for PTSD and, and it's widely available. So, I mean, PTSD um, treatments are ubiquitous. So there are three evidence based treatments that are approved by the Department of Veteran Affairs for the treatment of PTSD. Now, keep in mind, these aren't the only three, but these are the three that of this recording are are accepted by the VA. That means that they are available everywhere. Um, you can you find it on psychology today, you can go to Dr. Google, find somebody, you know, go to your military treatment facility or whatnot. And it's prolonged exposure, PE, cognitive processing therapy, and EMDR, that's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, you know, because if it's not an acronym, it's not real. So we you know, you can ask for these three evidence based treatments by name, and I'm going to encourage your listeners to do so, because here's what we know. When it comes to an evidence based treatment, we actually test those treatment methods the same way that the FDA would treat, um, say, a new drug. 
So it's a lot of double blind studies that are done. It's a longitudinal study, meaning sometimes they've been done for decades and decades on thousands of participants, thousands of subjects published and replicated over time. So what we know is that when something is an evidence-based treatment, it works most of the time for most people. So we're, we're thinking about those three evidence-based treatments. So the, the prolonged exposure, the cognitive processing therapy, and the EMDR. So to just kind of break this down, we're, we'll just go ahead and throw, throw the Pareto rule. So we use the 80-20 rule. Let's just say 80%, if you go to course of action A, prolonged exposure, it works for 80% of people. It doesn't work for 20% of people. 20% is a large number, especially when we're dealing with hundreds of thousands of veterans in the United States. We know that we're going to have some outliers. It's not going to work for everyone. That's okay. So we'll go to Course of Action Bravo, Course of Action Charlotte. Now let's say we, we go through all three evidence-based treatments and it still hasn't worked. You know, I'm still experiencing my PTSD symptoms. So I'm still hypervigilant. I'm still avoiding my friends and family. I'm still having nightmares. I'm still having flashbacks. Does that, yeah, and I've tried all three of this. Does that mean I'm foobar? And the answer is no, absolutely not. Because we have, we, we would label, we would maybe classify that as treatment resistant. And thank God we have amazing researchers um, who study PTSD and study treatment for treatment resistant PTSD. And we have so many amazing breakthroughs that are coming out, probably a lot that your listeners have already heard of. So the stellate ganglion block, uh, what they call it, the God shot, um, MDMA, so uh, assisted, you know, uh, hallucinogen assisted psychotherapy. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think of ketamine, um, different what we call trans diagnostic uh, applications, which means that it works for a bunch of stuff, a bunch of different diagnoses in addition to the PTSD. So we rem remember we talked about those five, friends. the five friends. Yeah. So we so we might have treatment resistant PTSD. We might also have to work on one of those five friends. Let's say you got a rip roaring drug drug problem, we might have to go ahead and, and also deal with that. It doesn't mean that you're FUBAR. It doesn't mean you're beyond hope. It just means that we have a little bit more to work on. But here's the thing about evidence-based treatments and why it's so important that we know our diagnosis and we advocate for ourselves and ask for an evidence-based treatment by name. They work in about 10 sessions. So on the low side, eight, on the high side, 15 sessions. So that means if you're working with a counselor every week, you you could be done with this in two to three months, four months on on the, on the far end. And this is true whether you've been dealing with your PTSD symptoms for five months, or like our Vietnam brothers and sisters who have been dealing with this for fifty years. Absolutely, what we know and what the data tell us is that these evidence-based treatments are effective. Now let's talk about what EBTs or evidence-based treatments don't, what they don't do. It's not gonna take your memories away. So we need to give up this fantasy that we're gonna go back to the way it used to be. This baby ain't gonna be the way it used to be. We we're not going to forget our experience, but it will give us an opportunity. The treatment is designed to give us an opportunity to look at our experience from a more objective, 
third person perspective and to really see ourselves and our experience the way maybe someone else would. You know, if there's one thing that I wish, if I had a superpower, Jeff, I would, I don't think I would want flying or invisibility. I wish that my clients could see themselves the way I see them. Because when you can see yourself the way others see you and others who care about you see you, your whole world changes. And that is the goal of PTSD treatment. Once you can start seeing yourself the way I see you, the way others who care about you see you, your whole world is going to change. And for a lot of clients, you know, what have you got to lose anyway? So give it a shot. Well, and there you go. Uh, to quote you, even though we shouldn't be shooting all over ourselves, which I'm going to use daily, by the way, we should uh, take a quick commercial break before jumping back into the curriculum of Virginia Cruz. So stay with us and we'll see you in about 30 seconds. The American Legion is veteran strength in America. We're in your community supporting veterans, service members and their families, enriching the lives of young people and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, Go to legion.org slash join. We are back here with Virginia Cruz and she's got me thinking. She's got me thinking that we could be in a superhero super group because our superpowers would be very, very different. Hers actually solves the root problem. Mine just gets you out of a situation because it'd be something, you know, that I could show off to everyone, lifting things and getting people out of situations. Hers solves root problems. So she wins. All right, so we're now we're back to the questions and I'm gonna go right in. I'm gonna go right in because we need to challenge people to make this world a better place. And so I'm gonna ask you, what can we as veterans or what keeps veterans, sorry, from getting the help that they need and quite frankly deserve? Thanks for asking that. You know, like Ashley said earlier, the hardest part of getting to the gym is getting to the gym. And so getting folks in the door is tough. And there are a lot of rumors about PTSD that a lot of veterans, a lot of active duty service members, and frankly, even a lot of clinicians believe are true. Um, I compiled a list in the book, first chapter that your, your listeners again can download at thesoldiersguide.com. Um, we go over all of the rumors that I've heard in session, you know, with clients, but also in, in business meetings with other licensed mental health professionals. So if you've heard one of these and believe it, you're in pretty good company. So the number one rumor that I hear is that PTSD has no cure. There's not, you know, I'll always have PTSD. There's nothing that I can do to get better. Um, I might as well, you know, I can get the treatment, but eventually I'm just going to kill myself. Now, these rumors are so powerful and so prevalent that it really keeps veterans at, at your legion post from getting the even starting to get the help that they need and so in the last segment we talked about those evidence-based treatments and uh and how they are effective again for most people most of the time that they work the other rumor that i wanted to touch on is this idea that we have to deserve to recover from ptsd 
And a lot of that has to do sometimes with survivor's guilt or this idea that only a certain class of individual, you know, only a true warrior deserves to have PTSD. And, um, you know, that, you know, well, I can't have any, I couldn't have PTSD because, you know, I never left the fob or I, I, yeah, I don't deserve to have PTSD because at least I came home in one piece or I don't deserve to have PTSD for whatever number of reasons. And that is just fundamentally not how PTSD works. That is not a thing. So what we know is that trauma is defined as actual or threatened exposure to death, serious injury, or sexual violence. And friends, that is a very large umbrella. And unfortunately, trauma is pretty ubiquitous. But what this will really lead to sometimes, and I, I think this is an unintended second and third order effect, is we do I hear a lot of trauma comparison within the veteran community. And, uh, you know, and this is, for example, what our Vietnam vets, when they, when they first came back, they went to the American Legion, they went to the VFW, and they heard things like, oh, well, you didn't have a real war. You know, they were, they were, they were, I mean, God, our Vietnam vets had such a shit deal. I mean, they were spit on and not welcomed. It was just awful. And, um, but, the, you know, their, their trauma was somehow delegitimized. And, you know, I see that we do this also, unfortunately. Now, this is something I think that is just unique to the veteran community. So when I'm talking with, say, domestic violence survivors, um, you know, interpersonal violence, I never hear things like, oh, you know, well, your man beat you up, well, mine did four times, or I went to the hospital twice, because that's messed up. That's fundamentally messed up to say that my trauma is more traumatic than your trauma. But here's what I will hear. Oh, you only went to Iraq? Well, I went to Iraq and Afghanistan. Oh, you only had one TBI? Well, I got blown up four times. And what I would tell you, friends, and, and I, I want to be super clear, I don't think that anyone is being malicious when they talk about their combat experience or, or whatever, whatever they experience. I don't think anybody's being malicious. I think this is a really natural reaction to not feeling heard. And, and like, like I talked about, you know, right when we opened the segment, you know, a lot of us are not heard or not believed. And the unintended second and third order effects is, you know, we feel dismissed. I, it can make people feel dismissed, belittled. Uh, not heard, and it, more, more importantly, it keeps them from getting the help that they deserve to make a true comeback. So, you know, those those are some of the rumors that that keep folks from even stepping foot in in either the virtual room, like here in in Zoom, or at their doctor's office. Well, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense, and it and some of what you said drives me to this uh, follow up question before I hand it off to Ashley. Um, is what is it so we, now we kind of understand what keeps veterans from getting help what is it that we in the veteran community in our posts or wherever we might happen to be what kinds of things can we do to to create a culture that supports people who are struggling and may not have even uh admitted it out loud or sometimes to themselves and encourages uh, stigma-free uh, journey towards healing? I love that question. There's so much that we can do in our individual posts. And I think that it starts by having, inviting an authentic conversation, not being afraid to 
just do the damn thing to talk about it, no matter how uncomfortable it is. Um, doing buddy checks, you know, making those phone calls, you know, just to, just to call and see how somebody's doing, connecting connecting someone with um, with mental health resources, uh, connecting them with a the veterans crisis line, getting them the help that they deserve, because everyone deserves to have a comeback from this. Uh, American Legion posts often have space where you can host um, support groups. So support groups don't have to be led by a mental health professional. That can be, they can be uh, in so many wonderful, especially Vietnam era support groups are going on right now that I know about um, here in the Valley where I live in, in South Texas. And they're making a big difference in our community. So opening up that space, opening up the dialogue, not being afraid to talk about this at your board meeting and talk about, okay, how are we going to address this? Can we make a call list? What would it be like um, to, to call a new member? To, you know, just that membership committee is so important. You know, sometimes we get folks in the door and they pay their dues and we just forget about them. Um, you know, having those resources, Jeff, I know you have friends who are veteran services, veteran service officers, those veteran service representatives, helping people get connected for service connection so that so that they have access to services. So I think every legion can do so much to help individuals. And again, I, I think it comes right back to just stopping for that one person, stopping for the one and really choosing because this isn't a this isn't a comfortable conversation. I mean, I do this for a living, you know. I'm it's what I do, but a lot of us we feel you know. How do we ask somebody? You know, you know. I'm really worried about you, and I'm wondering if you're thinking of killing yourself. That is terrifying for the asker and the askee. That is that is terrifying both ways. And sometimes we don't ask because we're afraid. Well, what if the answer is yes? What do we do? And when it comes to those, and, and this is done at our board meetings, you know, that at our business meetings, when we're talking, you know, if somebody says, yeah, I'm really struggling, I really need help. Okay, what's our next course of action? You know, do you know, do we have a chaplain at our post? Do we have someone who can reach out? Uh, do we have um, mental health resources? Can we do a three way call and bring in the veteran crisis line? Does this person maybe want to go to the emergency room? Um, can we pick them up? You know, how do we keep them on the phone? How do we verify where they, where they are? Uh, you know, we can be that change. And it, it's scary. It's uncomfortable. And I get that we would all rather not do it. I get it. But when we say 22 a day and everybody knows what that means, we got a problem. Can't hear you, Jeff. <laughs> I was muted because my phone was ringing. Uh, so what I would say is, uh, it's a, it's an uncomfortable thing. But uh, I keep reading these memes. I would rather listen to you today than attend your funeral tomorrow. So uh, it may be uncomfortable, but so worth it. And I'm gonna, with that, I'm gonna stop for one Miss Ashley Verbulge Maldonado. Such a nice transition. So, so, so lovely. So, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, if I, if I had a superpower, 
Right. So Jeff alluded to his mystery man, <laughs> the Jeff Daly of sorts of superpowers. And you've told us a little bit about your superpower, Virginia. And I'm, I'm wondering how we as American Legion, right? So we've talked a little bit about buddy checks. We've talked about some of our program initiatives, you know, we're going to touch base on obviously within the series and whatnot, but what is your role within like your post or within like your local community? What's that communication look like um, with you as, you know, licensed therapist counselor, like you are assisting, like what's your relationship with the Legion and extension with your current occupation? Like, how do you get them connected or how do you like build that bridge? Sure. So I, I really pride myself on being a resource person. Um, you know, and I've, I've had the privilege through the book of a lot of folks reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I need to find a therapist. What do I do? And they're in Alaska or Fort Drum or just someplace awful like, like Fort Drum. And, uh, you know, they're asking, you know, how do I get connected to resources? And so that's, that's really how I, how I view my role is how do I get people connected? So we do this in the book, um, but I, I would love to share it here. You know, when, when someone is ready to get help and when, you know, when we, let's say we go through um, the, you know, the free guide and we're like, okay, I, I understand my symptoms. I understand that this is PTSD. I think EMDR is going to work best for me. Now what? Then we talk, then we have to, now what do we do? Because it's taken a lot to get to this point. And like you said, Ashley, now, how do we get to the gym? So, you know, we've downloaded the app, we've got our fancy, you know, we've got our step counter, all that, but how do we actually make that happen? And so there are a lot of ways that we can get, uh, get services. So unfortunately, uh, if, if folks are not connected to the VA system, you know, I mean, we're, we're in America. So some people have health insurance, some people don't. So let me go ahead and focus maybe on folks who don't have health insurance and talk, or maybe who aren't connected to the VA, to, to really focus on how do I get, how do I know kid and get help today? Because going to the VA or calling your insurance company, those, those are easy go-tos, but if everything was easy, we wouldn't have to talk about it. So I want to talk about the vet center. Uh, the vet center is actually, it, it's part of the VA. It's similar, not same. So these are VA employees, um, usually at at different sites that are not part of your local VA hospital or your VA clinic. They tend to be staffed by veterans who are also master's level practitioners like me. So they are, for the most part, combat veterans. um, And they specifically help folks with PTSD. They help family members. They do um, marriage and family counseling. And to be connected to the vet center, you don't have to be service connected. It doesn't matter the status of your discharge. So if you have bad conduct discharge, other than honorable, dishonorable, you can still get services at the vet center. Um, So I would recommend, I think it's the best kept secret at the VA. And uh, just grab a a copy of your DD-214. You can give them a call and get an intake. Um, You can also go through Give an Hour. 
So Given Hour is an online service, and you find them at givenhour.org. And uh, this is especially good for folks who are doing telemental health. So I want to manage expectations. If you are hoping to sit down on the couch or sit back here in my chair and eyeball me because of COVID and life, you know, that is becoming, that is not very available right now. But telehealth is just what we know, the data are clear. It's just it's just as good as in-person counsel. We have we have the same efficacy rates for those evidence-based treatments. So with given hour, you can talk to anybody within your state. So state, unfortunately, states do the individual licensing for mental health counselors. Um, so for example, I'm, I'm licensed in Texas and Louisiana. So if I have someone from Alaska or Michigan or New York call me, I, there's no way that I can help them legally. I can point them in the right direction though, and that's kind of my role. And so I will often point people to give an hour and it's it's um, it's licensed counselors who specialize in um, in those evidence based treatments for trauma who have given an hour and will take on new clients pro bono. Um, so that's another great resource uh, there's the Cohen Center um, uh, mental health. Uh, and you can certainly just go to Google and look up your state and do a Google search for, um, you know, mental, you know, mental health for veterans, mental health for first responders, my state, you know, Texas or, or New York or Indiana or wherever. Um, and I would love to see every, every Legion post have this readily available. Like, hey, these, if you are ready to get help today, Here's where you can go. Here's the resources. Here is where you call. And certainly, what do we do when we make that call? Because this is a really nerve-wracking experience. Okay, I've got a paper. I've got a phone number. Now what? So here's what I would want you to expect. You can call maybe a dozen folks. You can call them after hours and leave a message, and you will get called. You will be on the call list first thing the next day. It's my favorite trade secret ever you know, call after hours on purpose, you'll get the first call the next morning. Um, once you get that call back, you might call a dozen therapists and you might only get two or three to call back. Um, therapists are just crappy that way. I'm not gonna bullshit you. It's, it's a terrible process. And, you know, I've heard a lot of stories and even national news stories about how uh, people will be looking for say a psychiatrist and that's a medical doctor who gives medication and they call a dozen and they get no no responses. Um, so you might only get two or three responses. When you get that response, ask for a consult. So a consult, just a consultation that's 15, 10, 15 minutes that isn't going to cost you anything. And so um, in that consultation, you can say, you know, hi, my name is Virginia. Um, and look, you know, I had a deployment to Afghanistan and it really didn't go well. And now I'm having problems with sleeping, I'm having flashbacks, and I'm wondering what your experience is helping veterans like me. Do you offer, you know, what is the evidence-based treatment that you use for PTSD? And they may, they may not feel comfortable with that. They may not use an evidence-based treatment, and that's okay. 
ask them for a recommendation of someone who does. I say, you know, I got it. I'm looking for an evidence-based treatment. Um, and that's so important. So important because talking about your mommy issues got to feel good in the minute, but it's not going to help you in the long term. <laughs> I, I I appreciate you, Virginia, giving us, you know, kind of the rundown of resources. And I think that as, you know, across the country, all of our American Legion posts, you know, understanding what is available to you locally, what the VA has to offer, having resources on hand at the post when you're at a tabled event, when you're out in the community, uh, you know, having sometimes those, even those numbers like saving your phone, just so you can do like a quick, you know, sync up or, you know, just airdrop that information to somebody in need is just so critical. And I, you know, really appreciate you being on today and, you know, sharing with us all of these resources. You are, I know we talk about surviving, but I'd have to say, girlfriend you you thrive in like you thrive in and you're doing all of the things that are helping our fellow brothers and sisters in arms and you're giving it to us you know real the the no bullshit version so i appreciate you i know jeff appreciates you and i appreciate all your continued service to our community thank you so much that's really humble yep yeah. thanks a lot for coming and uh it's wow, Ashley's. We've got to go back to the bingo because that's Ashley's <laughs> dog again. Uh, I appreciate not just the knowledge, but the the diction and word choice that you use to communicate it uh, makes it easy to absorb. So that's that's a big thanks to this marine. So uh, you know things are tough for us sometimes. So <laughs> thanks so much, and for everybody else. Uh, we will be back in 30 seconds. So you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. Wow. That was a lot of information for my military mind to take. What, what were one of your takeaways, Ashley? Uh, I really enjoy Virginia. She just makes me want to open up to her. <laughs> I just want to tell her everything that's bugging me, but also like talk about the world because she just is so enthusiastic and she's so passionate. And I really like wholesomely love everything she's doing, you know. We talked about the survival aspect, but I mean what I said, I really think that she's thriving and she's helping other folks thrive and find their pathways. So uh, many kudos to Virginia and all the work she does between her, her team and her, her community. And I, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's not just the, the vast amount of knowledge that she has, but the the empathy that she carries with her, probably rooting in uh, the way that she's handled her journey to get to this point. And the, the fact that she gives away two chapters of that book. I mean, she's not just a professional. She's, uh, I mean, she's not doing it as a, a, a front facing thing, but she's actually very philanthropic in her generosity into the community. And she's given me some ideas to take back to my post and department. And, and I don't think, I don't think this is, 
unimportant in the fact that the way she communicates the material really is a benefit uh, because if I think if you get caught up in technical terms, you lose the message and because people don't know what you're talking about or what it means. It just sounds like it was on a t-shirt and none of what she says sounds like it was on a t-shirt. It would have to be a really big t-shirt anyway, go all the way around, but because she has so much to say. But uh, I just thank her for that. And uh, what a great way to end this series. Yeah, she just, the way she described things made me like that much more, wow. I wish I would have had that at the beginning of my journey too. So knowing that she put it all down in a book and a guide more specifically for us, us folks who, you know, we want, we want the lowdown. We want the down and dirty. We want to figure out what we need and push on and push forward. So I really appreciate her. So what you're saying is what she put down in the book is the book you're going to be picking up. You're picking up what she put. I'm anyway. picking up what she's putting down. That's right, uh. Jeff. That was not rehearsed, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <laughs> this spring, the American Legion will launch a new initiative to create awareness about veteran suicide and expand programs that provide assistance to those in need. Keep watching legion.org for news of this launch of the program. And in the meantime, there are a few things everyone can do to help those in need. So first and foremost, do a buddy check. Call, text, and drop by to check on veterans that you know to make sure that they're doing well and to help them feel less alone. I know Jeff calls me often, so everybody, call a friend, call, and do a buddy check. Two, know the warning signs. Understand when a veteran needs assistance and be knowledgeable about the resources available in your community so that you can direct them to the help that they need. Keep in mind for immediate assistance, when you see a veteran in crisis, direct them to the Veterans Crisis Line for help at 1-800-273-8255 and press one. You can also text 838-255 to get the help you need immediately. And for at least, last but not least, donate to the American Legion. Your tax deductible donations help us build new programs and provide support through service officers across the country so go to legion.org backslash give and, and do not ever ever forget to subscribe to tango alpha mm -hmm. lima on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts and while you're there remember to review and give us a rating i don't know what do you think ashley maybe i'd say 10 stars but i'm gonna go with five stars because it's all they give us yeah, yeah, we're going to go we're going to go with five. five stars. But if you get a friend who also gives five, you can really give us 10. If you want to send us feedback, you can comment on YouTube or Facebook, or you can send us an email to Tango Alpha Lima at legion.org. Oh, I fooled you there. This yeah. amazing series is here to capture and showcase all the things the American Legion continues to do in our communities. And we invite you to the resources and to take a listen and share them with all of your friends. And with that, that is season three, episode 86, complete.